Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my partner in crime on the other side, Mr. Cantu. How's it going? How'd it do? Hope everyone had a great weekend. It was uh, baseball, football. Of course, I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening that could be playing fantasy football. Um, besides football, I mean, it's baseball. It's already getting closer to October. And this is episode 130. We're going to call it a not a Royal series. It was not a Royal series for the Astros dropped the first game on Roberto Clemente day to the Royals second game as well. And they drop another series to a team that has over a hundred plus losses. So, I mean, the Astros have won two of the six games against the A's and the Royals together. That's not doing the job, Angel. And they got to take care of business. And right now they're playing to the competition to the Oakland athletics and the Kansas city Royals. They won't see the A's ever again this season, but they will see the Royals one more time uh, this coming week for the last homestand for the Astros at Minute Maid Park this regular season. And if they play the Ro- I mean, they're going to play the Royals again. They got to they got to find a way to win that series and possibly honestly sweep that series. But enough about that. Uh, last game on ended on a good note. Fernando Valdez did good. Jordan Alvarez, Jake Myers got play. And he took advantage of it, a home run and a triple as well. But, Angel, give that one word to describe this series. Like I was saying, it's not a Royal series, but at the end of the day, happy fly back to Houston, and hopefully they could, could uh, carry the momentum into Minute Maid Park. Yeah, I'm going to double up from last week and say this was an underwhelming series. Again, back-to-back underwhelming series where this Astros do not produce and win the series. Again, I think they got lucky last uh on Saturday, the Rangers lost, so they were still in first place by half a game. So it'll be interesting to see what they stand now. Actually, um, I said they're in first place. I think they're still in first place. They're, they're, they're still in first place, yeah. Okay, because of, of the victory today. But, again, very underwhelming. These are the teams where you want to take advantage of and take those series. Is they, this, is, they, this Oakland and Kansas City series were the series where they can increase their – lead on the AOS not decrease and, and the Astros just did not do that. Yeah, we've talked about this many times. Like when the Rangers lose, the Astros decide to lose that same day. Even you can even say with the Seattle Mariners too. I mean, because uh the Mariners just lost a series against the Dodgers. The Guardians swept the Rangers at home. But for the Seattle Mariners, uh, I'm gonna read the real quick the standings as of now it's 84 66 Houston in first Texas Rangers 82 and 67 with one and a half games back from first place. And then you got the Seattle Mariners at 81 and 67. And currently, as we are recording this on a Sunday, the Mariners are losing five to one to the Los Angeles Dodgers at home at T-Mobile Park, too, which is very surprising. So there's a possibility the Mariners might get swept and could be two and a half games back of first place. But like I was saying, the Astros are 84 and 66. Um, in this series, like you were saying, it was very underwhelming, but I mean, a positive thing the Astros did win that game. Another positive is Framber Valdez being able to see him look like getting back to his original self, which we will shout out in a minute. But uh, to see your A's getting back in that formation that he was in the beginning of the season, that's going to be very important for the Astros if they do make the playoffs because they're going to need him and Justin Verlander, then first two games going off full cylinders. But 
Angel, to start off with our shout outs, and I'm gonna throw a little shout out first to them jerseys, the Houston Eagles. Them, oh, yeah, they were nice. them jerseys look nice. Um, they did salute to the Negro Leagues, celebrating the Negro Leagues. Um, if you did go to Kansas City, hopefully you did catch the museum over there, the Negro Leagues Museum. Uh, very historical. I've never been, but I've heard great things about it. It's a must if you go out there to KC. Uh, so yeah, I like that. Even the KC Monarchs, I, I really like that jersey that the Royals had in display. Maybe the Astros do sell them jerseys. Maybe they, maybe they have the hats because they they really look nice. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of fans that would like to purchase some of those items. But oh, yeah, besides the jerseys, give me Framber Valdez. Like I was saying, this guy went. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he pitched a great game against the Royals when the Astros really need somebody to go on the mound and do it. I mean, it was just Framber Valdez. Seven innings, five hits, one run, zero of them being earned, one walk, five strikeouts. He had 92 pitches, 55 strikes. Uh, another seven inning and quality start. This was his fifth straight quality start. And then if you look at them games right there in his last five starts, he's throwing a 159 ERA, holding opponents to a 171 batting average. That is very great to see. In this game against the Kansas City Royals, though, I mean, that Gambio was working, Angel. That changeup, and it usually Framber Valdez isn't a big changeup guy, but he threw it 38 times, which was the top pitch that he had uh, thrown that game wow. against the Royals. So it, it was working for him, El Cambio, but great to see Framber Valdez being that ace that he has been since last year. I mean, it's, we've been looking for it since the second half of the season. He pitched that one great game against the Angels after the All-Star break and then just fell downhill. He couldn't really get back into the groove. Seattle Mariners, if you remember that game, that was his worst start of his season, probably maybe in his career. But after that start that we had talked about in the last podcast, he's been looking great on the mound, mentally tough, whatever you want to say, because he's been doing a fabulous job for the Astros. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, this is a time where he needs to be pitching great because the postseason is near. And the Astros aren't like the years past where they had the division lock. Like we saw the Baltimore Orioles clinch a postseason berth. The Dodgers already clinched a postseason berth. But the Astros, on the other hand, they're still fighting for that division. So mm-hmm. having their ace do ace things is always great to see. But Let's come to the offensive end. Two of the Astros' core players had a great series. Started with Jordan Alvarez. He was 4 for 11, 364 batting average. He had two doubles, a home run, and he had a few RBIs. I think it was about four RBIs and a walk. So a really great series for him. And that home run ball is, is, is coming along now. I know that we mm-hmm. talked about it a few podcasts ago where he, he had a home run slump, but you know, now we're trying to see that Jordan Alvarez getting ready to crush some dreams in the postseason. And also give me some Jose Altuve. Ever since he won that player of the week, he kind of like cooled down a little bit. But now he's picking right back where he left off. 5 for 14, 350 batting average, one double, one home run, and four RBIs. Crucial to the Astros' uh, um, series win. I'm sorry, game win on Sunday because... They were trying to avoid the sweep, and they came in ready to go, and they got the Astros to not get swept in KC. Yeah, like I was, we were talking about it um, last episode. Cole Reagans was one of their best pitchers in that Royals rotation ever since getting traded from the Rangers. First game, um, honestly, dude, like I'm thinking about it. If Zach Greinke didn't get out of the game, which hopefully Zach Greinke is all right, I'm not sure why they pulled him out in the second inning already. 
of that first game. But I think if Grinky was pitching the whole game, the Astros could have jumped him and really did some damage. But when they go face a new arm they've never seen, especially coming out of the bullpen, I mean, it was bad. The Astros couldn't find nothing offensively going. And, I mean, it was just horrific to see that offense not do nothing to the bullpen. And then in the second game, too, I mean, it took a little while to get to Reagan's, but they finally did, and they started getting going the second part of the game. But another thing, too, Angel, in this series was the walks and the errors. I would better mention that, the errors. Yes. I mean, three three errors in the last game of the series. And then, of course, Alex Bregman throwing that one hopper. I mean, he had a good pick on it defensively, but if he makes a clean throw to Altuve, at least to get that, you know, the for sure out at second base, then it'd be a, I think the game would probably be eight, nine in game two, but never go out that way. Astros just got to find it defensively, clean it up. But Jose Altuve, like you were saying, dude, let, let's stay on his topic real quick. Actually, for me, move, uh, go ahead. Along about the errors, like yesterday, they cleaned it up for sure. Because again, like like it cost them that uh that second game. And did you see Jose Abreu throw the glove at the ball in that third game? I did not. So, uh, there was a comebacker hit to Framber Valdez. I mean, he could have made a clean play, but he like tipped it, and Framber Valdez quick like tries to make a quick throw. He turns around and. Framber about uh, Jose Abreu is like when he stretched, he kind of threw the glove at the ball. And I'm just thinking, it's like, <laughs> come on now, like, what are you doing? Like, that's like that's an extra that's extra basis for the batters, um, for the runners, because that's like, you know, that's things you're taught in, like literally that you don't throw an equipment piece at the ball. But yeah, they didn't need to clean that up. I mean, they have to because, like I said, three errors in the third game. In the second game of this series, the Astros had two errors. That that's five errors right there in two games. Which you're talking to a team that has won the Rawlings Go Glove Award, Team Award in the American League. What in 2021? I mean, the, the Astros got to clean it up. They got to clean it up. Um, even Pena had made an error one of those games too. I remember him taking his eye off the ball instead of fielding it and then just going to one. So, got to clean it up soon because it's not going to be pretty if they do that in postseason baseball but like i was saying jose altuve angel i mean you said it yourself he did win al player of the week and then he has kind of cooled down um uh, remind you i'm mean, let's break down his uh series from him batting texas seven for 15 five home runs five rbis them are three wins right there that was a sweep okay san diego on the other hand he went three for 13 with one home run Three RBIs. That one home run and three RBI, uh, three RBIs was from that last game of the series. And looking at the batting average, that's a two thirty one in that series. Let's go to Oakland now. Oakland wasn't pretty at all either. Two for ten with three walks. Yes, the three walks is great to see. At least he is taking pitches and not chasing out the zone. But at the same time, too, 200 batting average. They lose that series against Oakland. And uh, like I said, one and two. And then Kansas City, the first and first part of the second game, he was 0 for 7. After that second part of the game, as soon as he hit that three-run homer to tie the game up, he went 5 for 7 for the rest of that series. Obviously, you said it 5 for 14 in that uh, in the Royal Series overall, but 5 for 7 in the last second part of the game and the third game. 
San Diego and Oakland, you combine that together, that's 5 for 23. That's not pretty at all. Let me do the math real quick, which is not going to take that long either to figure out. That's a 217 batting average. You add the you add the 23 at-bats with the 7, you're going 5 for 30 now. He was hitting 166 from San Diego, the San Diego series, all the way to the first part of the Kansas City series. If Altuve can stay consistent, because he is the table setter of this lineup, the Astros will win majority of their ball games if he is hitting the ball correctly. Not just that, but of course, too, and the other factors, your your power hitters being Alvarez, Tucker, Abreu, you all those other guys that are the RBI productions. They they gotta find they gotta figure that out. But they've done their job. It's just Altuve. If you can find a way to get on base, the walks, the hits, Altuve's the best Altuve when he is hitting and getting on base, not chasing out of the zone. Yeah, and you, like I know you highlighted the walks, three walks in the Oakland series, but he's been chasing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Altuve's a, a free swinger, right? But recently, these past few years, he's had a better eye at the plate, and I think now he's just trying to do too much. I, like. Like, I feel like he sensed the urgency and the pressure. Like, hey, we need to start winning games where maybe he's trying to do a little too much, but he's going out of the zone a lot more. And in, in, in his recent series, that can be a contributing factor to that as well. Yeah, because if you combine the San Diego and Oakland series, that's that's five hits from both of them games. Mm-hmm. Well, combine both of them together, that's five hits. Altuve had five hits in just in this Kansas City series. So if he finds a way to, like you said, if he's not chasing the ball, and he finds a way just to stay on the ball, take it the other way instead of trying to pull every single pitch. This team's going to be way better. It's going to be more comfortable for everybody behind Jose Altuve because this guy is the heart of this lineup. He is the heart of the team. He is the heartbeat of Houston. Well, really, the Astros. So I just wanted to mention that real quick because, I mean, the games, they, they've been losing against Oakland and Kansas City. That's that's not pretty. And we, we talked about it before this uh, before the the podcast, so keep an eye on that. Hopefully, Altuve does change it around when he goes back to Minute Maid Park, and they will be playing the Baltimore Orioles. Do you have yeah. anything else to add on? Yeah. So, just to show you how, like, to back up what we're saying, right? Because, uh, like, we're telling you that Altuve is chasing a little bit more. So, just give you like from last year to this year. So, from in 2022, Jose Altuve with with percentage on fastballs was 12.7. To, uh, 14.7 this year in 2023. Now, the one that really caught my attention is this one in 2022 on breaking pitches. Uh, Jose Altuve's whiff rate was 19.5, which last year was um, one of the years where we're like talking about, hey, Altuve's, Jose Altuve's walking more, like he's getting on base more, right? Now, in 2023, his whiff percentage on those breaking pitches is 26.7, so almost a six point difference from that. So, mm-hmm. and then Lastly, on off-speed pitches, his whiff rate is 18.6. So, again, that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Baseball Survive, he has a, he's in a 29 percentile on chase percentage, which is kind of low. As well. Yeah. So, just given that he is chasing like those breaking pitches, like like those sliders, those sweepers, those pitches that move from the side, he is chasing a little bit more. I think that's contributing to that. Yeah, in July, I mean, he's hit he hit over 300. Uh, same thing in August. I mean, he had 354, and right now in September, he's just under 300, hitting 298, which I, I think, honestly, dude, it's, it, it's going to change, but two at the same time, if you could be consistent and just find a way on to, you know, to get on the base, 
it's going to make your whole offensive lineup just more relaxed, more easier, more calm. Because you're putting the pressure on Payne, you try to get on. You're putting the pressure on Bregman, trying to get Alvarez to try to bring you in, try to get on too as well. Because some of the some of the games in the beginning and the first part of the lineup going through, some of the Astros just can't find a way to get on because not having that person hit the ball and be able to be on base. So it's very yeah. important. It's very important. Yeah, like in those run values too. Um, last year he was uh, like I said too, it was on in the negative category on run values in with any pitch. And this year against the sweeper, he's at negative one uh, run value, change of negative one value, and spit at negative one value, and a curveball as well. So, again, he's struggling with those off-speed and breaking pitches. Yeah, you're, and you're obviously, too, when you're the first guy in the lineup, being the leadoff, you're going to see fastball. Jump on it. And, we, and everybody from actual social media, from even the front offices, and just Major League Baseball themselves. They've seen Altuve swing the first pitch almost every time he comes up to the box. And sure enough, it's either, you know, 50-50 of a fastball or, like you were saying, Angel, the off-speed. But majority of the time, your first at-bat of the ball game, and you're going to see some dosage of a fastball, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if he could, like I said, if he could stay consistent, find a way to get on these rest of these games – should have no problem clinching the AL West. So very crucial for Altuve to get going and stay consistent. But let's get that preview going. And they will be facing the Baltimore Orioles. Birdland just celebrated, Angel, a postseason birth yesterday. So congratulations to them. First time since 2016. My gosh. That's a, that's a long way. Long way, actually. Hopefully the Astros can take advantage of that hangover lineup the, the Baltimore Orioles might put up. On yeah, Monday. possibly, but I mean, at the same time too, they do. They are f- trying to win the AO East. Yeah. They're, they're in first right now with the game in front of the Tampa Bay Rays. Excuse me, five and five in their last ten games. And do you want to take a crack? Because I saw the lineup on uh, on Instagram that MLB had posted. A former Astro was in that lineup from 2016. Do you oh, want to yeah. take a I crack who it was? I saw that, and I was like, oh, wow. I, like, like I would have never believed it. it was Michael Bourne. Hey. Michael Bourne, dude. Yeah, I that, saw that's that. crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, I was yeah. shocked as well as seeing that. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, Michael Bourne was still playing at this time. But, hey, credit to the two-time Gold Glover U of H alum. Uh, but even Adam Jones was in that lineup. A young Manny Machado, too, was in that lineup. Chris Davis, remember him? Chris Davis, especially that contract that he had received. And I think he's still getting paid. So I think, I think uh, the pitch was Hillman, Tim Hillman or something like that. Chris Hillman, I think. Chris, Chris Tillman. Tim, Chris Tillman. Chris Tillman, Chris Tillman. Chris Tillman yeah. yeah. There it is. But congratulations to Birdland receiving their first postseason birth since 2016. I think Astros fans knew how – how that felt when the Astros did clinch 2015. And I think it was like since 2008 or 2009 that they had clinched a postseason berth. But we'll just have to see if the Astros do take advantage of this. You know, maybe it is a hangover of a lineup, like you were saying, Angel. But I think the Baltimore Orioles are going to still be fighting for that first spot in the division. So let's get it going. Monday, 7-10 start time. You got John Means for the Orioles. 0-1 with a 540 ERA. He will be going against Justin Verlander, which he is 11 and 7. Well, I don't have the ERA on me right now, but Verlander's last start versus Oakland Angel, it was not pretty at all. It was, I mean, the only positive thing you could say out of that outing, he went seven innings. 
seven innings, eight hits, five earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts, 94 pitches, 72 strikes. Well, yeah, that's that's a very interesting stat right there. Throwing 94 pitches and giving up five earned runs. That, that's very interesting. Didn't allow a walk. That's another positive thing, uh, but gave a lot of hard contact to all these A's hitters. I mean, they were not off balance at the play. They were right there swinging whatever was throwing. But JV hasn't faced the Baltimore Orioles this year, obviously being with the Mets in the first half and the Astros in the second half. And so far in three starts this September, Joe, he hasn't been going Verlander's way. He's one and two with a 540 ERA. Combine those three starts, he'd thrown 20 innings, given up 20 hits, 12 earned runs, two walks, and 16 strikeouts. Only thing positive to say for me on that is the two walks. At least he's not walking anybody, but at the same time, too, he's given up a lot of hard hits to the opposing team. John Means, on the other hand, Angel, he has not played a lot of games this season. Obviously, this this last outing was his first game mm-hmm. back from injury. He hadn't pitched in 517 days due to back and elbow injuries. Uh, if you remember, he had Tommy John in, uh, Tommy John surgery. He was the runner-up to Jordan Alvarez winning the Rookie of the Year, if you, no one did not know that. But his last start versus St. Louis, he threw five innings, five hits, giving up three earned runs, no walks, one strikeout. He threw 75 pitches, 55 of them were strikes. So I am predicting a, a pitch count that we're going to see from John Means. Obviously, he's trying to get back in the groove of things for the Baltimore Orioles, maybe try to be in that starting rotation for the postseason. So if I had to predict, Angel, I think he'll probably reach about 80 Mid 80 pitches, I would say, thrown this game because 75 is a good start, but he'll he'll probably look at the 80s and Bre- um, Brennan High would probably take him out of the game. Thank you. So Tuesday, you got a 7-10 start time. The Orioles have yet to say who they're going to throw, but if you're looking at it on paper, it's going to look like it's going to be Kyle Gibson, the 10-year vet. He is 14-9 and nine with a 498 ERA. He'll be going against Hunter Brown, who is 11-11 with a 461 ERA. And Hunter Brown's last outing versus Oakland was phenomenal, Angel. I mean, hitless, scoreless, everything. He had the no-hitter going for the Astros in the beginning. He threw five innings, no hits, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. He did throw 78 pitches. 53 of them were strikes. So I'd be interested to see if Dusty Baker allows him to throw a little bit more pitches, maybe get into that six-inning mark again. Try to get the kids' confidence back and going. His last start at Baltimore, he I mean, he did pitch pretty well. I remember that game. I was watching that game. Uh, six innings, eight hits, five earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. Yes, that stat line doesn't sound right. But honestly, in my, in my opinion, he should have finished the sixth inning and not go out in the seventh. Dusty Baker put him out in the seventh. He gave up a hit. He gave up a home run to Adley Rutschmanson. So other than that, I mean, he did look solid against the Orioles, but this is a different team. Obviously, they, they just won their postseason berth. How can Hunter Brown perform and top the performance that he did against the Oakland Athletics, Angel? This is the same thing he's been, he did his last start, and what he's been trying to do this entire season is locate good fastballs and then come in with the knuckle curve that he has. So I was looking at his... uh. Um, spray chart from his last uh, start against Oakland and a lot of high fastballs where I mean like on the high part of the plate and that's where he wants them to be usually when uh, Hunter Brown's not Hunter Brown his fastballs are a little lower like mid to lower bottom of the plane that's where he gets in trouble so if he can have that fastball 
in those high corners and your inside or outside and come back with that uncle Kirby should be good to go. Yeah. Command's going to be crucial for him because if his command's not going, he's going to be walking a lot of batters like he has been doing recently. The other two starts prior to that Oakland game, then it's going to be a long night for Hunter Brown. So hopefully diesel does have a good outing and pitch like he, how he did against the athletics but kyle gibson this guy was a texas ranger i mean this guy's a 10-year veteran he's been um bounced around teams i mean you could put him in immaculate grid and i'm pretty sure you'll you'll have a good high percentage of getting him right in some of these teams but his last outing versus st louis six and a two-thirds three hits one earned run three walks four strikeouts hasn't faced the astros since 2021 like i said he did play for the texas rangers and that, that was the last time they had faced him the interesting thing, too, Angel, 14 wins with a high ERA that's close to five, dude. That, that's pretty incredible. That just shows the offense has his back anytime he pitches. But the thing that I saw with Kyle Gibson is the left-handed hitting numbers. Left-handers love hitting off Kyle Gibson, dude. In 2023, he is giving up a 297 opponent batting average, 346 on base percentage, and a 494 slugging percentage. And away from Camden Yards, it just gets better. 322 batting average, 374 OBP, and a 539 slugging. That is a big number right there. 58 hits, 25 earned runs, uh, allowing the, the home run ball being six. So Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley, those are the key guys that are they're really hitting, I mean, the best hitters in this Astros lineup, I'd say to do some damage. Kyle Tucker did not play that last game of that Royal series just to give him a breather because he has been struggling as of recently. I don't have the numbers right now. I'll, I'll look at it in a minute, but this is a great opportunity to take advantage of a guy like Kyle Gibson. That's given up these numbers. You got to be very promising. If you're a left-handed hitter looking at this. Oh yeah. And Astros have great left-handed hitters. Gordon Alvarez, Kyle Tucker and Michael Brandy, which, you know, they can have a feast this in that game. Yeah, okay, real quick. Last seven games for Kyle Tucker. Hasn't been pretty, like I said. Five for 26, 192 uh, batting average. Last 15 games, 10 for 53, 189 batting average. King Tug has to figure it out, Angel. He has to figure it out. And at a time, he was a he was an MVP um, top three candidate, but it looks like he's dropping off that list, possibly even dropping off the top five list for being the American League MVP. But if Kyle Tucker could figure it out with a Kyle Gibson with Kyle Gibson's numbers against left-handed hitters, I mean, it's going to be a different direction for King Tuck. But the series finale, it'll be a 1-10 start time at Minute Maid Park. Uh, for both teams, it was to be determined, but I, I got a pretty good educated guess here that the Astros are going to see Kyle Bradish for the Orioles. He's 11-7 with a 3-12 ERA. And for the Astros, I'd say Christian Javier is going to be pitching this game. He is 9-4 with a 4-74 ERA. Javier hasn't got to the double-digit wins yet, dude. Yeah, I think he's the only starting pitcher besides Verlander, Framber, Brown, and France. Even even JP France has got to the double digits, dude. Well, Pretty I mean, remarkable. I mean, Javier hasn't done his part since he reached that tenth win, so he needs to figure it out. That's very true. But the Astros have won in his last five starts. I thought I saw the Astros have won four. I think he had like a four and one record in his last five starts with wins. So that's, that's pretty impressive, but didn't get the win against Oakland for sure. Five innings, five hits, three 
from being earned one walk, six strikeouts. That is a great start. I'd say you were close to getting a quality start, Angel. You were close I thought, to getting that quality start. I thought he was going to do it, but then I saw Graveman was warming up while the Ashes were hitting in the bottom of the face. I was like, oh, man, that's it. It was close. It was close. But his last start at Baltimore, it was pretty good, too. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Uh, did throw 105 pitches that game, 62 of them being strikes. So I have a question for you, sir. If, you know, we've we seen good outings from Javier. Obviously, that stat line against Baltimore and then the stat line against Oakland. Javier hasn't pitched back-to-back great starts, I would say, or outings, whatever you want to call it, since July 22nd and July 28th. Can he pitch another solid start to a team like this who is the number one seed in the American League? He has no choice. He has to. He has to. Like, <laughs> like especially if – no, no, no. I'm serious. Like, especially if yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. In that postseason roster, I mean, starting rotation, he has to. And I think he can do it. I think – you know, little by little, he's getting his confidence back. Like, we did see some positives uh, out of his last two starts for Javier. So, you know, little by little, he's chugging away. And, I mean, I think, I think he can touch your question. I think he can. But before we, we move on, like, I just got a notification from Beecher Report that the Orioles GM, Michael was drinking, you know, the happy juice from a hose. So, they're partying it out in – Baltimore, so maybe take advantage. I, take I, advantage. I, I hope the Astros see that and be like, let's do it. You know, this one game, this one the first yeah. game. So, well, they they have a happy flight back to Houston. Hopefully, they're seeing that and they're like, okay, cool. They're not gonna be in there like a hundred percent. It was like almost like last year how the Yankees, I believe. Uh, when they clinched in the ALDS against the Guardians. And then the next day, they had to fly to Houston and play the Astros, and they dropped that game. And then, obviously, they, they got swept that series for the ALCS, So If I'm Jim Crane, I'm door dashing like, a, a few more 24-packs out to Camden Yards, you know, let them enjoy a little bit more. Or give him, like, a couple – like, it's almost like the bench warmers when they make a – one of the team players go gets uh, alcohol. For uh, Carlos, mm-hmm. you remember? I don't know if you remember that the pitcher, the Dominican no, pitcher. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, with the bench warmers. Someone was thinking that. Someone was thinking you said bad news bears, but yeah, it was, it was no, the bench warmers. One, yeah, bench warmers, yeah. one, the, one of good baseball's best movies, I'd say, but not like the top five, I'd say. But I mean, they're good movies. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, the Astros do take advantage of that. But let real quick, let's go with uh, Kyle Bradish because Bradish has been really great for the Orioles. I, I think this is probably their ace, I'd say, over Dean Kramer. Grayson Rodriguez, too, has been doing good for them. Uh, but Kyle Bradish's last outing wasn't pretty. Seven innings, seven hits, four earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts. He has not faced the Astros this year. But career-wise against Houston, Angel, last year in 2022, he was 2-0. He threw 16 innings total, four hits, two walks, 16 strikeouts. He carries a zero ERA. Zero ERA. Last year, he pitched through eight innings back-to-back times against Houston. He has yet to allow an earn a run or just a run in general. My gosh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, it just gets impressive from here. Day games, too, since it's a 110 start time. It is a day game at Minute Maid Park. He is 3-1 with a 2-0-3 ERA. Carries a 288 ERA after the All-Star break. I mean, the Astros are going to have to find a way to 
scratch some runs, get aggressive on the base path, get aggressive at the plate as well. So, I mean, I, I mean, I almost, I, I felt like almost answered it for you, but how can the Astros attack Bradish early? Try to get him out of his comfort zone and try to get him out of the game. I'd say take advantage of every fastball you see in the zone and we'll take a swing at it because I'm looking at his uh, stats right here. According to Baseball Savant, his breaking run value, it's like his breaking pitch run value is 100. That's like 100. Wow. And just to get just to give that number more in perspective, so his opponent batting average on the slider, which is a pitch he loves, is 184. And he's thrown it 732 times, 500 times to right-handed hitters. So that's just an attack. And then 232 times to left-handed hitters. And his uh, run value on that pitch is 10. So, again, now that's pretty in, good. Yeah, he's in 100 percentile. Now, that's with the slider. That's his best pitch. That's the pitch he wants to give you with the curveball as well. He's in throw that curveball a lot as well. He's turning 418 times and his opponent batting average on that is 153. So that is what he's going to try to attack you with. But how do you get guys to think curveball fastball? Well, you have to set them up with the fastball, right? Like in order mm. for them to not get too comfortable up there in the plate. So yeah, every time the Astros see a fastball, that's the pitch they need to take advantage of. This is where it gets a little bit more interesting. His opponent batting average on the fastball, 367, almost 400. Wow. And his run value on the fastball is negative nine. So complete, complete opposite. So mm-hmm. if the Astros want to win this game, take advantage of the fastball and lay off those breaking pitches. Because, I mean, he, he, like he'll throw him for a strike a few times, but the majority he wants you chasing. So take advantage of the fastball and lay off those breaking pitches. Yeah, I mean, that's a almost a 400 batting average, dude. That, that's crazy, but... Yeah, I mean, some hitters, like, for instance, Jamie Pena has had struggled swinging that fastball. He's he's, gone, he's adjusted to the slider better, but the fastball, I mean, he just whiffs off of it. But, um, I mean, guys like Altuve. Yeah. yeah, guys like Altuve, he's going to be the guy setting it up. He loves hitting that fastball. He loves swinging at the first pitch. Majority of the time, you're probably going to see a fastball first pitch just to set the game up. Um, so, very important for him. Bregman, I mean, all these other – major league hitters like i mean the astros have a great offense it's just they have to find a way to stay consistent and win these ball games so great series right here i I, this could be maybe a possible alcs possibly alds matchup so the astros did win that first series against baltimore if you remember at camden yards uh right now i haven't seen any reports that felix batista is going to be pitching this regular season but Mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to be looking at that bullpen. They still got a good bullpen as well with um, where they, they brought back Jorge Lopez. They got Yeni or Cano still. Uh, they got a lot of good pieces. Fujinami as well. Just try to get them out of their comfort zones and take advantage. Be it at Minute Maid Park. This is going to be the first time too, Angel, before we get to the offensive pitching, MVPs and hot take. If you remembered the first game, um, Roberto Clemente day, the Astros had announced that they were going to paint the, the batter's eye green where the hit for buds where the budweiser sign used to be they're gonna paint that green a little a little bit more green because there was a report and then plus if you have read channel rome's article on the athletic about the the batter's eye a lot of hitters were talking about hey you know i I can't really read the ball well you know obviously coming from the slot wherever it's coming out of the pitcher's arm so maybe this is the series right here maybe this homestand too 
the Astros hit better with maybe that adjustment being the batter's eye. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that affects them, maybe for the positive as well. But yeah, that is enough for our game preview. Now it's time for our MVPs and our hot takes. So I had Alvarez, France, and Astros sweep the Royals. Well, I don't know. I'll give myself a one out of three on that one because uh, France did not get the win. Alvarez had a pretty good series, and the Astros obviously did not sweep the Royals. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll try it again this time around. So my offensive MP, I know he's been struggling a little bit, but I'm gonna say Kyle Tucker. I say he gets on the right, um, back on the right track. I mean, this oil lineup. I mean, I'm sorry, this oil pitch rotation is pretty good, but you saw what Kyle Tucker did to the Orioles last time they were in Camden Yards. He took Felix Bautista, which right now he, at that time he was in the conversation for a Cy Young, maybe off like in the closer role, and he took him deep. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, so Kyle Tucker lo- loves the big moments. I think he can do better in that, in that regard. And then my pitching MVP is to be Hunter Brown. I say he has back-to-back great starts, and I think you know I think he's set up for a good start. And then my hot take is all Astros starting pitchers p- throw six innings or more. I know Javier's pitching this time around. I'm still believing in it. Six innings or more is what I'm thinking. Now, while I was writing it, I was like, well. Maybe Dusty has like little, you know how he did with last time he had them pitch five, but mm-hmm. this time they don't have a day off between starts. So I think maybe he's trying to push those uh, starting pitchers just one more inning. So that's what I said, six innings. Interesting. They they actually do have one more day off after. No, I'm not like after the series. I'm saying, but like not on. Monday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was I was saying I was like what, um, but yeah, I mean the possibility could be. Hunter Brown, Christian Javier being the question marks right there to throw six or more because Justin Verlander, I feel like he could throw six uh, like nothing. He obviously threw seven, giving up five runs against the the Athletics. So very possible, Angel, very possible. And then there are some good ones. But mine, I had Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker did not have a great series. Framber Valdez, of course, Framberize the Kansas City Royals. And then I said my hot take, Astros bullpen collects a combined of 10 or more strikeouts. And I was doing it right now when you were talking about your MVPs, they had six strikeouts. They only threw from the second to the third game, they only threw one strikeout, the bullpen, which was crazy. That, that's yeah. just insane. But oh, yeah, it, and that was cool because that's like, Kuno, just, yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask you that too. Because I, like, I have it for my uh over and unders, actually, that's gonna be one of them. So yeah, that was that's crazy. Oh, a little sneak peek right there. But before we get to the over under, let me give mine real quick. Jose Altuve, um. Man, I mean, I feel like this whole segment of this episode was about Jose Altuve, dude. Uh, he's going to be the offensive MVP for me. He's got to get it going for the Astros. If he does continue to hit well, like how he was doing in KC and carries it on to Houston, it's going to be a great sign for the rest of the lineup. And I'd say better run production, running, and, you all you know, obviously the score would be different. Justin Verlander, you know, Jose Altuve does literally love Justin Verlander, I think. JV literally loves Jose Altuve, too. So I'll go with him as my pitching MVP. And then, because, I mean, obviously, too, he's going to be the first guy pitching in this series. He's going to have to set the tone for the rest of the series. Hot take. Astros take the series, which it doesn't have to be a sweep. It could be a sweep, which would be really great for them. But I'd say they win two out of the three games, uh, take the series against the Orioles, obviously, and hold Ali Rutchinson to under a 350 batting average. That guy is going to be very crucial. Him and Gunnar Henderson. I mean, this Oreo lineup is very young. 
which it gives the Astros an advantage if they do face them in the postseason. But this team is very fun to watch too, dude. If you haven't seen it play, they they're they're very fun to just watch. You know, see them play. They're playing against teams like the the Tampa Bay Rays, which the Rays have been to the postseason almost every year too. So if you hold him under three fifty, I, I think there's a great possibility that the Astros win the series. Yeah, the the Orioles don't care who they're playing. Like they know they like every time they step into the field, they have a great chance of winning. But the Astros do too, so it'll be a great series to see. It's like a battle of titans, like you know, which one's gonna be more like come to the top. But yeah, bigger series all around. So now it's time for our over and unders, just to give you to see what we're trying to look for in the series. So I know I gave you a sneak peek of the first one. So the first one is. Astros bullpen strikes out seven or more batters. The series against Kansas City, they had six strikeouts. Oakland, they had seven strikeouts. We say they strike out seven or more batters. I'll go over on this one. I was close to getting 10 in my hot take, so I'll go over uh, with seven or more. Um, and it just depends, like you were saying, with mine last time with the bullpen, it just depends with the starting pitching. Uh, it depends on Hunter Brown. It depends on JV, and it depends on uh, possibly Christian Javier to pitch this series. So I'd say if, if, if Javier does pitch, which we're not 100% sure, we're just giving our opinion and really our prediction, I could see it being seven or more. Um, again, if Javier wasn't pitching, and I know my heart, my hot take is each of us was pitching six or more innings, but I think like Javier might do six and a third or six and two thirds if he does, right? So I'm gonna go over this time around, just because of that. And I'm curious to see if it's gonna be like a pitch count again on Brown. You know, he has thrown more innings than he has, so I'm gonna go over on this. I think the bullpen's could use a little bit more than what they need. I was about to say. I mean, it's your hot take. You had all starting pitchers going six plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we get to see. But I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna go around this one as well. All right, the next one. Brown allows less than five hits against the Baltimore Orioles. Against Oakland, obviously, he allowed zero hits. San Diego, six, and against the Yankees, five. So do you go over five hits or under? Ooh, this one's a tough one. You know what? Give me under. I believe in him. I think that last start boosted his confidence. Like I said, if the command's there, Angel, he can go over six, and there's a possibility that he can even, you know, give less than five hits. So I'll say under. I'll go over on this one. The Baltimore Orioles aren't the uh, Oakland Athletics, and they aren't the Yankees. So I'm gonna go <laughs> over on this one. I mean, but them, but them are some good lineup. I mean, good players on that on their lineups, and the Yankees <laughs> and the and the Padres. Real quick, let me see. Oh, he gave up eight hits against Baltimore his last start against the O. So. Yeah, you may have something there, but I, I feel confident about the rookie. Okay. Right. My third one, over and under. Uh, two-way tatties, four or more hits. I'm going to start with this one uh, real quick. He is my – oh, he is your – sorry. I was this thinking, mine, I was thinking man. Last Hold week. up. Yeah, Hold up. Last week. <laughs> he, he is your MVP. But I'm going to go with over on this one as well. I think Jose Altuve is training in the right direction. I know he's been strong a little bit, but he did hit a home run. In a second game, and he had a three-hit game in the last game of the series, so I'm going to go over on this one. Yeah, go ahead and put me the over, too. I think after that second part of the game and then the last game, like you said, that three-hit game, I think he's going to turn it around right here. And th like we were talking about earlier, I think this lineup could be a little bit more dangerous. Now the last one. This was a 
I think this was a new one. I don't know if we've done it before, but Astros strike out less than 22 times as a team against Casey, which was I was surprised they struck out 26 times. Um, wow! And the majority came in those first two games. Uh, so again, the leading runners on base, and then against Oakland, they struck out 18 times. Again, these Baltimore pitchers are pretty good. So what? Do you My think? gosh. Well, hopefully we don't see Oakland and KC in the playoffs, man. But I'll go under, actually. Give me an under. Uh, I think this team does a better job at the plate. Yes, you do be aggressive, but at the same time, too, your vision and your discipline has to be there. Um, when you're facing pitchers like Kyle Bradish, and then you're facing John Means, who hasn't pitched since 2019. So I'll go under. I'm going to go over on this one just because, like, yeah, like you named – you know, those, like the starting pitchers that we're going against, but that bullpen's good as well. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, there's brighter spots for the orders as well. So I'm going to go over. I say they strike out about 24, 25 times. I'm not going to say they way over uh, 22, but around 24, 25. So the four, they struck out 17 times before the Oakland series. They played against San Diego. They struck out 17 times as a team. So. Okay. Possibly under maybe maybe seventeen. I can you know I don't mind that number. Of course you're gonna strike out. This game ain't easy. You gotta hit a hundred miles per hour and then you gotta look at a knuckle curve going at seventy five. So yeah. just shows you baseball isn't an easy sport. Period. Agreed, but agreed. that is yeah. But that is all for our show. Um, continue follows at Full Steam Ahead on Twitter X, whatever you want to call that TikTok. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, FSA Full Steam Ahead on Instagram. Threads, of course, we're still there. Google, Apple, Spotify. Leave us a rate, leave us a review. We haven't had some in a while, so it'd be very appreciative if we get a review, see how we're doing, how we can improve, things like that. But, Angel, do you have anything else before we sign off? No, just, uh, you know, th- well, thank you for listening. I think, you know, like Helzo was saying, like, let us know how we're doing. We can improve anything, and we appreciate your support. Yeah, last update, Dodgers are still winning 5-1, bottom of the seventh currently as we are recording. So there's a possibility that the Dodgers will win that game, sweep the Mariners at T-Mobile Park, which was very – yeah, that's pretty That's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. But till then, real quick, before I sign off, Boston will be playing in Arlington and the A's, and the Mariners will be traveling to Oakland to face the A's. There's the AOS. We'll see how it ends up. Of course, we'll give you that recap against the Baltimore Orioles and then get you ready for that preview against the Kansas City Royals, which the Astros, who will face again in the weekend. The last week, well, the last weekend of the homestand at Minute Maid Park until maybe the postseason. So we'll have to see. But till then, talk to y'all later. Stay safe. Have a marvelous Monday. Peace.